Welcome to the Rapid Response RN Podcast, helping you keep your finger on the pulse of your patient's condition with real-life stories from the front lines of nursing. This podcast can help you sharpen your assessment skills, improve your ability to recognize the signs and symptoms of your patient's decline, be inspired to speak up and advocate, and know how to jump into action to promote the best outcome for your patients. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Sarah Lorenzini, a rapid response nurse and educator who loves telling stories to teach critical thinking. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how I keep my cool when the patient is crashing. So first off, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has emailed or messaged me on Facebook or called or texted to say how much you appreciate this show. It wards my educator heart to know that the content is helpful and inspiring. Thank you so much to those of you that have left reviews or shared it with your friends. This really means a lot to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Simplecast, the podcast hosting service that I use, shows me where downloads come from. And I am just so humbled to see that people are listening to the podcast all over the world. What? I never expected this to spread so quickly. But I am so honored to be able to give back to the profession that has brought me so much life. And shout out to the listeners in Canada and the Philippines and Romania, Ireland, United Kingdom, Qatar, Germany, France, and of course the U.S. I am so curious to know how you found my podcast, and I'm also really glad that you did. So thank you for subscribing, and I hope that it continues to help you in your professional development as a nurse. One question that I get frequently is, how do you stay so calm in the middle of an emergency? Nurses tell me all the time that they just freeze and they don't know what to do when their patient is crashing, and they forget the basics when they're overwhelmed with concern or fear for their patient's life. I get it. There are a few reasons for that and some ways to mitigate it. So instead of a patient story this episode, I want to talk about what I do internally when tensions are high and hopefully give you guys some strategies to reduce this stress reaction. Before we dive into it, there's a little bit of pathophysiology that we should review as a foundation to understanding stress reactions. You've all heard of the sympathetic nervous system and its role in the fight, flight, or freeze response to stress. The classic example is what happens to your body if you were to see a bear. You would either fight the bear or run from the bear or freeze and hope that the bear goes on past you without harming you. There's a whole host of things that's happening inside your body when you are stressed or scared, and often it's not a conscious decision to fight, flight, or freeze. Your body makes a split-second decision and does what it thinks it needs to do to protect itself. The acute stress response triggers the adrenals to dump epinephrine and norepinephrine into your systemic circulation. Epinephrine makes your heart beat harder and faster And both epinephrine and norepinephrine make your blood vessels constrict really tight and increase blood pressure. Blood is shunted away from the less vital organs like the gut and shunted towards the heart, lungs, brain, and muscles so they can perform at their best. The body holds onto glucose so it has the energy to pull from for strenuous activity. The pupils dilate so you can see better. All of this results in increased muscle strength, improved mental focus and processing, and faster response times, both physically and mentally. So cool how the body works. So now that we've got fight, flight, or freeze response down, I want to share with you a few personal experiences that have shaped the way that I respond to stress. The first one was when I was a scrawny little 10-year-old. 
My whole family took a snorkeling trip to the Keys, and we rented a boat that didn't have a ladder to help you climb in and out of it from the water. So every time I needed to get back in the boat, I would struggle and struggle and try to pull myself up into the boat. And after it was clear that I just couldn't do it, I would have to have someone grab me and pull me up into the boat. It was kind of embarrassing. Here I am, the oldest of the cousins, and I couldn't get into the boat without help. Ugh. I just didn't have the upper body strength to do it. I, I promise I'm going somewhere with the story. Just stay with me. So the one time that I jumped into the water, I put my mask and snorkel on, and as soon as I looked under the water, I saw a huge barracuda, like 15 feet from me. I swam back to the boat faster than I had ever swam. I grabbed hold of the edge and with one push, hoisted myself back into the boat. And everyone was like, whoa, Sarah, you did it by yourself. Yeah, I did. My little self was scared and had a huge dump of epinephrine and norepinephrine. And in that moment, I was faster and stronger than I had ever been. But after I calmed down and they finally convinced me to get back in the water, I was never able to perform with such impressive upper body strength again. Without that sympathetic nervous system activation, I was back to my normal poor upper body strength capabilities. But it stuck with me, and I've always remembered what I'm capable of when I'm scared. My second encounter with my body's physiological response to stress and the sympathetic nervous system activation was in high school. I was taking debate class and anatomy physiology in the same semester. In debate class, I would prepare a really good speech or have a really solid rebuttal ready to go. But when it was about to be my turn to speak, I would feel super nauseous and my heart would race and I'd start breathing faster and my palms would get sweaty. And sometimes it was hard to even think over the pounding of my heart in my chest. Public speaking was really a struggle, but I wanted to do good at it. So at the same time, in anatomy physiology class, I finally learned about the sympathetic nervous system and how it works to make you stronger, sharper, faster, your best self for emergencies. And I recognized that the nausea I felt was blood being shunted away from my gut. And the heart pounding and rapid breathing was a dump of hormones that are there to help me. And I remembered back to my super Sarah performance the day I saw Barracuda and how helpful that dump of hormones really was. So instead of emotionally interpreting all the signs and symptoms of the sympathetic nervous system activation as something negative that will get in the way of my performance, I kind of trained myself to interpret them as cues that I was about to perform at my best. I would tell myself, Sarah, you feel nauseous, but you're not sick. Your heart is racing, which is sending more blood to your brain. There's nothing wrong with your heart. Your body wants you to breathe faster to give you some extra oxygen, but you can just take deep breaths and accomplish the same result. I would quiet myself internally and focus on what I needed to do or say, knowing that if I had prepared for the speech, I would be able to give it with clarity because I was not inhibited by the sympathetic nervous system activation, but it was my body supporting me. So thanks for listening to my trip down memory lane. I hope that you can hear the parallels between responding to a barracuda and the almost equally scary sensation of having to give a speech to your high school peers, and what it's like to respond to emergencies as a nurse. Since high school, I've been really paying attention to my body and how it responds when I'm stressed and scared. And after a lot of retraining, my emotional response to interpret those symptoms as something good, now, when I feel my heart racing, I know it's go time. 
my patient needs me to be my best. So I tap into that sympathetic nervous system to help me use all of my senses to notice the little changes in the patient. I use that extra epinephrine pumping through my veins to help me get the patient up off the floor or complete the full two minutes of CPR. I know that my brain can recall the things I've studied, experienced, or even remotely heard of to help me know what to do for my patient. I truly believe that God gave us intuition and the sympathetic nervous system to help us protect ourselves and to help others. So rather than suppress it, be thankful for it, embrace it, channel it, and use it to help you provide what your patient needs. One little disclaimer about the sympathetic nervous system and trauma. You know, I talked a lot about fight and flight and how great that is when our bodies kick into high gear to help us, but what about freeze? And what about when the sympathetic nervous system hasn't been helpful? For those of us that have experienced some sort of trauma, especially those who have had to endure repeated trauma, fight or flight wasn't always an option, and freeze may have been what your body chose to keep you safe. Often with trauma, the mind develops neural pathways and associations as a response. So for example, if during the traumatic experience, your body started activating the SNS, and you might associate those sensations of SNS activation with the negative and harmful consequences of your trauma. And if your body developed patterns of response to trauma, then you may respond in the same way now as a nurse when you feel scared or worried for your patient. I've seen some nurses fight. They get really aggressive during the emergency event, but I don't take it personally. That's just how some people have learned to respond to stress is to fight. And I've had some nurses flight, i.e. they literally run away from the event once the rapid response team shows up. Or they freeze and they can't remember anything about their patient and they can't hear or process what anyone's saying. If any of this is ringing true for you, I guess my response would be, be gracious with yourself. Whatever way your body has chosen to respond to stress has been what you had to do to keep yourself safe. Don't beat yourself up about it if you snapped at someone during a code or froze up and didn't know what to do. The hope here is your mind is amazing and you can relearn new neural pathways. Sometimes mental focus and talking yourself down can help you rechannel that SNS and sometimes it's going to require the support of a caring therapist to help you work through years of trauma and learn new ways to respond to stress. The process of learning new neural pathways takes time. Don't expect that you're going to listen to this episode, decide to change, and be as cool as a cucumber at your next cardiac arrest. Be kind to yourself. Take time for yourself. Take that lunch break. Go pee for goodness sakes. Celebrate your victories. And don't dwell on the times when you fall short. I've been working on this for 20 plus years, and I still take some mental effort to channel that SNS. Now I don't interpret the tachycardia and the little bit of shakiness in my hands as something to be afraid of like I used to. I know what's happening and I just keep going. My biggest struggle is to speak slow enough for people to understand me. When my brain is firing on all cylinders, the words sometimes come out faster than my mouth is able to enunciate clearly. So I have to make a concerted effort to slow my communication, take the tone down a notch, and enunciate. And I still don't get it right sometimes, but I'm working on it and constantly trying to learn more about pathophysiology and pharmacology and the most up-to-date evidence-based practices 
just like you're doing right now. But when tensions are high and time is of the essence, I want to have the tools in my tool belt that I need so I can pull them out to fix my patient, both mental knowledge and the physical supplies that I need for emergencies. If I got up to give a speech that I had not prepared for or tried to swim away from the Barracuda but I had never attempted to swim, I might not have been able to harness the SNS as effectively. So you can't assess what you don't know to look for. So stay on this path of growth. You owe it to yourself and your patients. So I think the biggest takeaway here for all of us is you're going to face patient emergencies at some point in your career. So start training for it now. When you feel your heart racing, know that you are your fastest, strongest self. When you feel like you just can't catch your breath, focus on slowing your breathing and filling up those alveoli with oxygen so your brain and muscles can get the oxygen they need for their big performance. This is literally what you have trained for. But no matter what certifications and degrees you have, sometimes we fall short and the knowledge we need, we just can't tap into it. But that's okay, because that's why we have the whole interdisciplinary team. Because together, with all of our sympathetic nervous systems in high gear, we can jump to action to give this patient the care that they need in an emergency. Well, that's it for today's episode. If you like this podcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can shoot me an email with questions or comments, and it would mean so much if you could take a moment to write a review on iTunes, as this helps more listeners find this podcast. Thanks for listening, and I hope you learned something that will save a life. Remember, nursing is a team sport, so trust your intuition and don't give up advocating until you are confident you've done what's right by your patient. You've been listening to the Rapid Response RN Podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of Sarah Lorenzini and hers alone. They are not intended as medical advice and should not take the place of your institution's policies or procedures. Evidence-based practice is ever-changing, and your patient's care should reflect the current best practice. If you want to get in contact with Sarah, you can find her at rapidresponsermpodcast at gmail.com or on the Rapid Response RM Podcast Facebook page, as well as the podcast website, rapidresponserm.com.